Hi, this is Sharice Kenyon, and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, all about beauty beyond the BS. This week, I am diving into three key beauty stories that have basically annoyed a few of us, or if not you, definitely me. The three stories I'm focusing on are a shady esthetician who photoshopped an actress from Stranger Things to look prettier, the toxic beauty standards that Tyra Banks and her America's Next Top Model team fed us back in the 2000s, and the barley body self-tanner that's allowing white women to change their race while never having to deal with racism, stereotypes, or hate. So definitely three stories. Like I say, it's quite personal. They've all kind of annoyed me. (laughs) And I think they've all been, these things have all happened in the past three to four weeks. So First of all, let's get into the story of the shady esthetician who used Photoshop to create her version of how Stranger Things actress Natalia Dyer could look if she was her injector. Just going to pull up my phone here because the esthetician has actually deleted the video, but I screen recorded it. I do have a habit of screen recording things, not because I want them as evidence, but purely because I like to go back to things and it's a lot easier when it's in your phone than having to go to the person's profile. So I'm just going to play this to you. So if I was Natalia's injector, this is what I would do. We start by treating those masseters and we all know how much I love treating masseters to help slim the face. Next, I would actually add a little bit of chin filler just to help fill out her chin and make her whole face more of like a heart shaped. Next, I would add a little bit to the lips, just a little bit, nothing crazy, just a nice pout. And then we'd get in there and do a little bit of Botox. I'd give her a nice brow lift to help open up her eyes. And to top it off, we'd start working with some Sculptra. She does seem to have more thin skin, and we want to prevent that from getting thinner and create more collagen. All right, let's see what the final product would give us. Ta-da! All right, how do we like my Photoshop skills? If you don't watch Stranger Things, I'll try and describe Natalia's original face shape. She has a wide jawline quite a strong squared chin, kind of like doe eyes, very pretty eyes. And with the ta-da, what nurse practitioner Miranda, that's her TikTok name, at np.miranda, has turned her into is pretty much a caricature of herself. Um, She talks about a heart-shaped face. To me, that just reads as a really pointy chin. And I know that's kind of a look that is going around. I think even people like Zoe Kravitz have been rumored to have had work on their masseters, which are like the sides of the jaw. I know there's been tons of talk about Zoe Kravitz that she's had buckle fat pads removal. So it gives this kind of gaunt, very thin, pointy shape to the bottom of the face. As I said, that TikTok has been deleted And I believe that's because it caused a lot of backlash. I don't know how quickly she deleted it, but I found the original video causing trouble came out at the end of July. So there was lots of backlash and she soon posted what was going around as an apology video. But when I watched it, there's no apology. It's actually an explanation video. It's an explanation of what she's done to her own face She herself also had like a wider jaw and it made me think, you know, she's in the business of changing people's faces and that's because we want to change our faces. She didn't start that trend, but 
I think it's a little bit problematic because I want to know why she's so invested in creating the perfect heart-shaped face because that's what she's given herself and that's what she would give to Natalia Dyer and maybe that's what she's giving to her clients. And it just seems a bit formulaic and just a little bit, you know, I guess I want to know more about her, how she feels about herself because the explanation video, she's kind of flogging herself and I actually felt a bit bad for her but at the same time I'm like well she's probably going to make money from the TikTok that she took down because there will be women out there that want that heart-shaped face. I think where it really went wrong for me is the fact that she used photoshops on Natalia's face. Natalia is not a client of hers as far as I know and the fact that she changed her face and chose to use her to promote an aesthetic business just felt wrong. I'm pretty sure even her employer, which I found on TikTok is called Hebe Skin Health, H-E-B-E. That's her employer in Laguna Beach. I'm pretty sure they even benefited from the TikTok because I don't even know how many views it must have got before she deleted it. I did actually go to check out the Hebe Skin Health website to see what their you know, kind of ethos is. And their opening message says, our goal is to build self-confidence. I actually could go on, but I'm just like, let's just stop there. I think nurse practitioner Miranda maybe forgot the goals because building self-confidence is, I don't think it involves doctoring someone's image and then putting it out there for the whole world to see. Again, I think it's just a reflection of the nurse practitioner's own insecurities. Even if you check out her profile, she'll often use filters to show off her cheekbones and lips, the lips and cheekbones that she's already had done. So I'm like, okay, you're refining the refined. What what would be left? What really got me thinking about Natalia though is like, what if she'd seen the video? Does she question her looks? She's not a typical looking actress. You know, she doesn't have the perfect heart-shaped face, apparently. Did this video unearth her own insecurities? We often hear about the film business, the TV business, music as being so cutthroat. People enter it and they're often forced to, you know, go on serious diets like even if you look at people like Beyonce and Rihanna people that have been part of our lives for a long time and perhaps now have like these curvy bodies they're really proud of but if you look back when they first came out they were tiny women and again this will pick up back in one of the later stories about um, America's Next Top Model I just feel there's a real force that makes women feel they have to look a certain way, make themselves smaller and prettier and softer. And I just wondered when this TikTok came out, if the actress herself just felt like crap or has she never seen it or did she see it and think, whatever, I'm a big actress now, I don't care. Who knows? I'll never know, likely. But we do all have insecurities. This whole mess reminded me of a former guest of mine, actually, Jessica G, who is a Berlin-based student and content creator. I had her on the show a while back. I'll definitely share the link to our conversation. And I think it was after she'd been on the show, she was on her stories and she shared that someone had photoshopped an image of hers to supposedly improve her face. And at the time, I know she was pretty upset about it. So I just thought, let me ask her to give us 
a personal viewpoint on how it would feel to have a complete stranger doctor your features. So this is a voice note that Jessica kindly sent me while she was on holiday. Check it out. They really went in and morphed my face to, I guess, fit the more standard ideal of, of beauty, of the type of faces you would see on Instagram more regularly. And they even placed the original image of my real face beside it or in the second slide, if I remember correctly. And just seeing this in general felt very intrusive and hurtful. We have talked about it before, but I'm on a journey of navigating through the world of social media. And I feel that sometimes a very linear idea of beauty can be pushed there. And especially can be a type of beauty that not a lot of people are naturally born with. Um, but that is often achieved by uh, different cosmetic, cosmetic procedures. And there's no shame in that, of course, but sometimes I do feel like we're losing the ability to see and feel beauty in our individuality. But anyways, that's kind of why I never morphed my features when editing portraits. Of course, sometimes I did um, edit my skin to remove some acne, things like that. I did enhance highlights and contours, but I never really went in and changed the shape of my eyes or my nose or my lips, things like that. So when I saw this account editing my features, it did trigger many of my insecurities and it made me wonder what was wrong with my face in the first place and if I did need the fillers to be perceived and feel more beautiful. But on the other hand, I didn't even recognize myself when looking at the altered image. So there was an interesting duality in this whole experience. And in general, I am certain the person didn't mean any harm. I'm sure it's just a form of art for them. And I'm behind everyone doing what makes them happy, of course. But I think in general, something that really needs to stop is commenting on other people's appearance, especially when it's unasked for and negative. So that was Jessica G sharing how she felt when someone played with her image. How did it make you feel? Like, were you annoyed? Were you saddened? Let me know, because I do feel that the way we feel about our face is just... We can feel certain ways about our bodies, but we can hide them and enhance them, cover them up. But our face, you know, perhaps it's because I've dealt with hormonal acne on and off for so long. It's just that's what everybody sees. And even when you're wearing makeup to hide certain things, they can still see the skin underneath or the imperfections. Granted, they probably don't take as much notice as we do to ourselves. I do think we're our own worst critics, but I feel... If somebody took an image of me and doctored it, well, actually, somebody has done that before. <laughs> oh, it was on Facebook. I hate Facebook. And it was it was a stupid Photoshop. Like it, it, somebody had Photoshopped my head onto somebody else's body. And I think she was like a page three or page three in the UK is like page three in these. The Let me just say a certain type of newspaper would have a nude woman on the third page because obviously men can't cope with reading too much news. They have to have a pair of breasts in their face. But anyway, yeah, somebody photoshopped my head onto, let's say, a voluptuous um, page three model. And I hated it because it just, it felt alien. But obviously I'm laughing at that. If somebody took my image and was like, well, Sharice's skin, it's not perfect. So let's get rid of all of that. And Sharice's chin... 
she kind of has a point, but let's get rid of those, you know, perhaps there's some gels creeping in. So let's scrape that back. And Sharice has a big forehead. Let's make it a, a little bit smaller and more delicate. How would I feel? Would I feel better because I could then put that picture out and pretend that it's the real me? Or would I just feel attacked? I think it's going to be the latter because even the way we see ourselves is not how other people see us, which is a concept that really blows my mind. Like even when we look in a mirror at ourselves, that's not actually what people see because obviously the mirror has reversed us. So yeah, I think it's just about reflecting on what does this mean and how far should people go? Is it okay? Do you think it's okay that this practitioner did it because it's not like she actually got Natalia Dyer's face and got her, put her under the knife and changed her? It was just a photograph. What do you think? If you want to know more about the content that Jessica creates and hear her speak more on filters, which is also something she said has altered how she looks at herself, check out episode 96. I'll leave a link. Also, more recently, I dedicated an entire episode to Photoshop, which I will have to revisit soon with the new Linda Evangelista cover of British Vogue, which has been Photoshopped to death. But yeah, there's a whole episode on Photoshop and how the fashion and beauty media relies on it. That's episode 129. And again, I'll leave a link. Story two. Have you seen or heard this clip of America's Next Top Model going around? I'm just going to play it for you now. Okay, Robin. Now, are we shooting for the large size category? Um, yes. Robin would represent a plus size model. One problem that I do have with Robin, I think on the top she's not plus size, and on the bottom she is. Robin. Robin. Robin's plus out plus. as far as I'm concerned about being a supermodel. No, no. absolutely not. This girl. Absolutely not. That's my. That's my. Why? Because I think a next American's top model is not a plus size model. I'm sorry. I just wish her upper body was bigger and matched her lower body better. Let's just call it as it is. Robin, first of all, is too old to be starting model. She's huge. She's not going to be a top model. I think this clip started circulating perhaps first week of August. And if you haven't seen it, I will let you know that the model they're referring to as plus size is slim. I mean, very slim. I don't know. <laughs> they are seriously pushing the boundaries of the word pl the words plus size in this clip. Once I saw the clip, I, of course, went to TikTok because that's where the magic happens. That's where all the comments are. Reddit is also great for just gaining a kind of temperature for how people feel about something. But as it's a video, I thought TikTok would serve up a little bit more. And it actually took me a bit down the rabbit hole because I found even more dubious clips. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's one where Tyra and the team change the model's ethnicities. I put that on the Instagram feed for Beauty Me podcast if you want to check it out. They literally made white women into black women. and. I actually felt kind of weird because I was an avid viewer of the show. I definitely had my favorite models like Yaya and Eva and Takara, but I did not realize that we were getting a toxic hammering whenever we watched America's Next Top Model. We were being beaten into submission about what was pretty, what was beautiful, and of course, what sells clothes, which is what essentially being a model is all about, or clothes or beauty. It was so harmful. And why did we all go along with this? Why did we think it was okay? I guess 
we do change as, as a society what every decade perhaps we start to think what the hell were we doing I'm not sure but I definitely have a personal note to this story as well I've actually seen a tiny glimpse into what life behind the scenes at America's Next Top Model could be like a really long time ago when I started my journalism career as an intern Jay Alexander, who was also known on the show as Miss Jay because there was also Jay Manuel. I believe Jay Manuel did more of the makeup side where Jay Alexander was like, would teach the girls how to walk and the whole style of things. So Miss Jay, he was kind of like the bitchy put down kind of co-host, you know, like withering looks and quite dramatic Anyway, so Jay Alexander is visiting the office that I'm working in as an intern. It's lunchtime. We're sitting down at our shared desk to have some food. Jay Alexander looks straight at, I can't remember if she was a fellow intern or if she already worked there, but she was quite young and she was sat near to me, but she was chatting to somebody else. And Jay Alexander said, well, she doesn't need to be eating. And Yeah, I couldn't believe my own ears. Just the audacity for him to say that while several people were sat around a table. I do feel bad because I didn't say anything. I know that at the time, aside from Jay, I was the only non-white person in the room, perhaps in the building, actually. And I guess being there on an internship, I was too scared to or intimidated to. So I feel bad for that. Now, it was a long time ago, but it really stands out to me that if Jay Alexander can say that confidently in a room, what would he say behind the scenes of a show that's constantly grooming and refining these women's looks? Like, what was going on behind the scenes at America's Next Top Model? I'm waiting for somebody to bring out a book, not a cast member. I mean, perhaps one of the models, like... But I feel like perhaps more and more stories would come out, will come out of the woodwork. But having said that, you do find with shows like this, they kind of come and go. What will happen is somebody will discover these awful comments and put them on TikTok. But if you go online, you'll find that somebody else was, you know, disgusted a couple of years ago, they wrote an article. It's on insider.com and it was problematic then. But what really changes? I mean, the show is done. Obviously, I think Tyra's still working on something. I'm not sure what she works on now. But back then, this article says it made headlines recently. So this is 2020 and it's saying recently it made headlines for problematic messaging about race, sexual orientation and body image. So that was once it had started streaming on Hulu and Amazon Prime. At the time, Tyra Banks was quoted as saying, looking back, those were some really off choices. But I'm like, I want more. I want to know, has Tyra spoken out about these newer um, interpretations of old content? I feel like when she said, looking back, those were some off choices. She's kind of like, yeah, we kind of messed up and she's kind of done with it. 
I feel the show at the time was quite outspoken. So I'm, and the people on it, such as Janice Dickinson, definitely quite outspoken people. So it's interesting that they're not so outspoken now. I'm just going to check quickly through this article to see if there's any little extra moments I can share with you. Basically, there's articles talking about how America's Next Top Model was supposed to uplift women and help them accomplish their dreams. But apparently on Cycle 5, the host spoke to an LGBTQ contestant, Kim Stoltz, about being too open about her sexuality. I'm gay and I'm really proud of it, Stoltz told Banks. The host replied, I think there's a certain thing of being proud, like I'm black and proud, you know what I mean? But I'm not walking down the red carpet I'm black, I'm black. So, I'm just like, how did Tyra get away with this? Then it goes on to talk about Cycle 6 winner Danielle Evans, who had a gap in her teeth. And I grew up with a gap in my teeth. It's still there, but it's closed up quite a lot. But I remember being so self-conscious and instantly thinking gap meant ugly. And it seems that I was right because Tyra asked Danielle, do you really think you can have a cover girl contract with a gap in your mouth? And she said that the gap wasn't a marketable feature. Well, if Tyra was so on it, she would know that years later it would probably be a super marketable feature because I know there was a Gucci campaign for the beauty, uh, the red lipstick. Like there was a model with imperfect teeth, very gappy teeth. There are tons of gap tooth models, perhaps shaved head gaps. Like there's no, well, I won't say there's no limits with how people look because even when there's a point of difference. It's still done in a beautiful way. So I feel like we we will still have a long way to go to see that everybody feels represented. The Insider article goes on to talk about white girls appearing in blackface. And apparently one of the white women said, I'm a black woman with a nose job. And somebody outside the frame said, you are, you're a Jackson. Oh. And then in cycle 13, the contestants were made to appear biracial, which is a word that I hate personally. I'm mixed race. Biracial just makes me sound like I'm cut in two. So I prefer to say mixed race. Um, so, yeah, they say it's just talking about how they had to wear dark makeup. But people were shocked once it aired on TV. And of course, then it's too late to do anything about it. I guess it's a very different time that we're looking at. Um, I mean, what do you think? Let me know if you watched America's Next Top Model, please. Let me know your favorite models. Let me know what you think. Is there any relevance to us bringing up old shit? Is there any relevance to us bringing up old issues? I feel like to the people that were on the show, of course there is, because they may well have been scarred by the comments from Tyra and the team. And like I said about someone that I worked with, she may well have been scarred by the comment Jay Alexander made. She she might have been scarred by it for years. I don't know. But one thing's for sure, I'm definitely going to keep my eye out to see how this story develops, if it develops, because that's the thing with social media. You can be irate about something one week and next week there's something else for you to complain about. It's the final story, one that irritated me personally for a couple of reasons. That was just the sound of an aerosol self-tan being applied to someone's skin. So nothing wrong with that. 
self-tan is huge. The market has grown so massively, especially because more black and brown women are wearing self-tan now. It's become a major thing. It's been shown to kind of like enhance our brown skin, highlight it. But on that video, which was by Barley Body on TikTok, it shows somebody with very pale skin or white skin spraying this this self-tan on themselves. And literally, you would think it was someone with a different skin color. Now, you listening, perhaps you don't think there's anything wrong with that. For me, I just felt like this product is saying, spray me all over your body, try on a different skin tone. You don't have to deal with any of the negativity that could be associated with that skin tone. But that's a personal view. So I thought, let me go on Instagram and do a poll. I asked people, I think I gave three options. The first option was, it's just self-tan. The second option was, it's self-tan pretending to be a change your skin color product. And the third option was like, I'm done. And a lot of people were done altogether. It was just too far. Several people were like, this is self-tan masquerading as, you know, enabling a white person to change skin tone, but never have to deal with any of the negativity or racism. And then a few women said, it's just self-tan. And in the interest of keeping this podcast just open and, you know, it's about conversation. Yes, it's just me talking to you now, but I hope that we are having an interaction. You know, my DMs are always open. I'd love to hear from you on your thoughts, but I feel like a podcast is gives a viewpoint in the hopes that we have a connection and exchange ideas. So I, I did say any of the women that said, this is just self-tan, please DM me and let me know Give me a little bit of insight to your answer because I can easily have an insight to the two of the answers because I kind of agree with the two of the answers. I'm tired of skin color being turned into an accessory that's similar to eyeshadow. Like it doesn't seem to matter, but it does because in daily life, your skin color affects every decision that could be made about your future. So I did ask and out of, I think um, only five women said, yes, it's just self-tanner. I think about 45 people took part altogether. So the people that I could DM, I DM'd and asked and two of them replied. And both of them, one of them made a little bit more sense. I'm just going to try and find that for you. I reached out to these women and said, I'd just love to know your thoughts behind this Barley Body product just being a self-tanner. And one woman said, this might be a limited point of view, but it's my experience as someone with olive skin that I can tan from a ghost-like white to very dark, just like in the video you shared. Now, I know I look healthier with a tan and it would be great to achieve it with a self-tanner instead of sunbathing consistently, but I kind of fear these sort of judgments. So there's quite a few tidbits in that answer. And I did tell her, I'm not here to judge. I'm trying to get context from you. So first of all, she said she has olive skin that can tan from a ghost-like white to very dark. So I don't know what uh, where she's from. From her surname, I'm going to guess that she might be Italian. But 
yeah, we know that there are people that can tan super easily. So at some points they might be pale and some points they might be very dark brown. It's not dissimilar to myself being mixed race. When I'm pale, I'm very yellow. When I tan, I can go very, very dark brown. She's also pointed out she knows she looks healthier with a tan. I don't know if you know that, but I know that she believes that. And she's saying it would be good to achieve that with a self-tanner instead of having to sunbathe. So I get that. Let me know again. What do, what do you think? But I get that point. Someone else who came back to me after answering self-tanner, her answer was a little bit, I think she was scared of answering. So I appreciate her answering, but I think she was scared of answering. It's It kind of reminded me of that time, the height of Black Lives Matter back in 2020 when a lot of white friends, many of them women, did not know how to deal with the situation. And that landed them in some hot water. Um, I'm not going to go into that now, but this person, from the appearances, you would think that she's white, but I actually know she's Brazilian. And if you know anything about Brazil, you will know that people from Brazil come in many different skin tones, from pale to very dark. So I guess... I wasn't sure which kind of answer I would get from her. So I'm just going to read her answer here. I've left both of these women anonymous because I don't want them to get any backlash. I'm just reading out their answers. So hers was, to be honest, I just saw it quickly and thought it was an advert for self-tan and it looked like a good one at that. Afterwards, I read other options, the other options that you gave in the poll, and I can understand how some people might see issues with it. I don't know if I'm too naive or not informed enough but my mind went straight to thinking that's what it was, a self-tanner. And this one for me, it points at several things. It points at the fact that we don't pay as much attention. You know, social media, I think that video is only, what, maybe 10 seconds long? So that's what she thought. She thought it was a self-tanner. She didn't consider the fact that it's very pale skin going to very dark skin. So... But that makes me think she also didn't have to consider it. It's not a concern. Do you know what I mean? It's like when it's a concern, it bothers you. But when you get to go through life without having any issues based on this color of your skin, I guess you're immune to things being a problem. I saw in the comments on the video, so many people saying, oh my God, I've got to get this. Tagging their friends saying, got to buy this because they just wanted to be darker. And I'm just like... This could have gone so many different ways. They actually deleted the video. They kind of released a similar version of it. I'm just going to check that out quickly. But what I think they've done with the similar version is they've already applied some of the tan to the skin and then they've gone in again. That's me guessing because the original version, it's like, virgin pale skin and they've sprayed this fake tan on and so for me the fact that barley body started to get a few comments on the video saying wow you're literally turning people from white to black wow this is basically a product that changes your skin color it's not a tan and first mistake barley body made was they ignored all the negative comments or negative in their mind, and they only commented back to the positives, which I cannot stand when brands do that, because I'm like, oh, so you see, but you can't be bothered to engage. You can't be bothered to engage with someone that may well be a, 
a customer for another product of yours in the future. Second mistake Barley Body made was deleting the video. Because again, people like me that like to refer to things will record it. So it hasn't disappeared. Just because you make something disappear doesn't mean that it goes away. Like I would respect them so much more if they would be like, you know what? We didn't we didn't think about this. Why didn't we show this on somebody that already has brown skin to show you how it could look on you? Why don't we show this on a range of skin tones? Instead of just showing it as a stamp, it's like, look at this white skin, we're turning it brown. Like, wow, what a transformation. What are you trying to say? You could change the message simply by showing it on a variety of skin tones. Self-tan, I think I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, it's... It's been really popular amongst black and brown women the past couple of years, perhaps because so many of us were indoors more. And even those of us with darker skin, we started to look more pale and perhaps felt we wanted to enhance our skin tone. And I use the word enhance because it does enhance. Self-tan does enhance your skin. There's brands like Bondi Sands, which is so affordable, that's been really making waves. And Tan Lux, which is like the more luxurious end of self-tan they're creating self-tan drops to add to our moisturizer or you know all over tanning products they i know that every tanning brand has made money from black and brown women so why not support those black and brown women in your marketing show them like hey we've got you we know that you've got us you've been using us let us show you how we see this product working for you. Let us show you that we consider you when we create new products. Barley Body is just like, it's just appealing to a white customer. And I say this as somebody who has bought Barley Body products in the past. They have some gorgeous scrubs and oils. Their products smell amazing. It's a no-brainer. It's a great brand when it comes to the quality of the products. But if they don't want to hear from me and other black and brown women or people who could become potential customers. There's other places for us to go. I know that. I did contact Barley Body via email to ask for the press release so that I could give you accurate information as to how they're marketing the product, but they haven't responded. So for me, that's the third mistake Barley Body made. First of all, it was being ignoring comments. Second of all, deleting the video. And third of all, ignoring somebody that's genuinely interested in giving a clear, accurate portrayal of how this story went down. Again, what do you think? It is not, you know, just because this is my podcast, it's not about just sharing my views. I would love to know what you think. Do you think it's out of order? Do you like have a look at the video because I'm going to be sharing it over the next few days. Have a look at the Barley Body video. Let me know what you think. Let's have a discussion. I mentioned it earlier, this podcast is a discussion on beauty. It's what the podcast will always be about. If you're new here, beauty is my thing, but it's about all the layers that make us who we are and shape our views of beauty. Yes, I'm going to talk about lipstick and lip gloss, but it's so much more than that. It's really about what makes us who we are. And I wouldn't be me if I didn't feel I needed to address these three issues in this show. So let me know. What did you think about the esthetician using Photoshop? What do you think about the toxic environment of America's Next Top Model? And what do you think about the Barley Body self-tan that can basically change skin tone? 
let me know. My DMs are always open. You can find me at Beauty Me Podcast on Instagram or send me a tweet. You can also find me on Twitter at Beauty Me Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. As always, I have a newsletter that comes out every week. If you haven't signed up for that already, it's free to subscribe. You can find it at beautymenotes.substack.com and find me on TikTok because I'm actually sharing some quite insightful stuff on there, if I do say so myself. See you next time.